everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. It's not always easy or fun, which we will definitely dive deep into, but I have learned that it is possible. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. We only have this one life to live, and if we work it right, we will find that this one life is enough. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. everyone. We are so excited to have you guys listening. This is the official first episode. Cannot believe that it's here. I am sitting here with my lovely husband and groom and baby daddy, Mr. Carrie Kieran Hillis, Uncle Ruckus. This guy has like five million names. Hi, babe. Thanks for joining. Hillis will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, you guys can refer to him as Hillis. That's just, I mean, that's what I call him. That's what everyone calls him. But he is the man with like 5,000 names. It's always weird and awkward to introduce you. Yeah, and uh, having my, my legal name, Kieran, on my uh, door to my office at work is always strange because literally no one outside the office calls you that. says that out loud. Unless it's me. Yeah, and even then only when I'm in trouble. <laughs> Like you're a child. Mm-hmm. Anyways, guys, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't believe that this is happening. Um, this has been a long time coming. We are like super excited to share our life with you. I think that both Hillis and I have a lot of, I don't want to say knowledge, but like life experience that we feel like we're pretty good at articulating. And so we're hoping that this platform is a way for us to kind of share that stuff with you guys and and be real, honestly, because there's not enough of that going around society these days. So if there's anything that you're going to get out of this episode and the many to come, it's going to be that you will find very real content, um, very non-sugar-coated, no highlight reel. You will get the real uh, the real deal from us. Neither of us are very good at censorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So um, you guys, we will try to keep the cussing to a minimum, but especially the F-bomb, but there may be a shit or damn that comes out. And uh, so if you have little ears listening, just wanted to let you guys know that we will... We do, we do want to project ourselves, and well, we do have a little bit of a potty mouth. Both of us do. I like how you get the little ears warning after saying shit and damn. Yeah, sorry about that, little ears. You know what? They need to learn that the words aren't good. They should never say them, but they can hear them, right? That's oh, how yeah. I want to teach KJ. <laughs> Anyways, so... Use your at-home words at home. There you go. There you go. Giving that great advice. Uh, We wanted to go ahead and start, I guess, this off by just talking about us and like where we started and where we came from. I think we have a pretty unique 
love story, and I think you guys deserve to know it. So I guess take us back to when we were, I was 13, you were 14-ish, yeah? Yeah, about then. Um, I Yeah, I was probably 15, because I couldn't drive, but your brother could. Yes, your mom would come rolling up to Round Rock in her minivan, I remember Teal that. Teal blue, green caravan. Yep, Mama Hillis, rolling strong. Yeah. Completely stock, nothing power. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was a beast. It was a beast. Um, so basically, the way that Hillis and I know each other is because him and my brother went to Bible study together. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about our Savior? No, they got in a lot of shenanigans together. They were really good buds throughout high school and... Um, because they were always hanging out and partaking in extracurricular activities, I was I was there <laughs> hanging out with them as well, being the like sister that thought it was so cool that my older brother would let me hang out with him and his friends. So that's kind of where Hillis and I's friendship started, and we we stayed friends um, all through high school and through college, and kept in touch with each other. And would see each other on breaks. He went to Texas Tech for undergrad, and I went to A and M. So we were like never in the same town, except one time. Did you come to College Station? No. Uh, did I make that up? Not while I was at Tech, but I do remember one time you were going to come to Lubbock. Oh yeah, and then something and ended up falling through. Yeah. I think A and M was playing at, at Tech or something. So, anyways, Whatever it was, um, I was very excited and then very disappointed. I did send you socks, though. You did? Yes. We were not dating Absolutely. at any point in time in college, and I sent him a box of socks because I remember him texting me saying he didn't have socks, and he was, like, wearing shoes without socks yeah, or something. I, I don't know. We, talk, we always talked about the weirdest yeah. things. Like, our friendship was not normal. Like, like it wasn't... Looking back at the socks thing, why were we even talking about the fact that I was wearing hole-in-the-toe socks? I don't know. I don't know. But a really funny story... I don't know if we should really disclose it, <laughs> was from <laughs> oh boy. maybe the time in high school <laughs> that you saved my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we should tell you guys this story because it'll tell you just how amazing my <laughs> husband is and how much he genuinely is put up with even before we were, far before we were ever dating. So... Pretty good one. I guess... You ch- I'll tell the story and you just chime in whenever you feel like I'm not telling it accurately. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, because I'll, yeah, I I have a pretty objective. So we were having a girls' night at my uh, friend Catherine's house, and there may or may not have been underage drinking involved, and we were all hanging out, and I apparently confiscated, confiscated? No, confiscated. Confiscated. Oh, side note, I say words wrong all the time. It's something that Hillis and I are working on. Well, he's working with me on. Um, so that's just going to be a part of the podcast where you guys get to genuinely watch me learn um, how to say words correctly. So con- confiscated. Confiscated. I said it right. There we go. One end. Anyways, I took the bottle of vodka and hid underneath my friend's desk and would not come out because I was mourning the loss of my high school boyfriend. So embarrassing, but it was a thing. And so apparently I got to the point where they were just so over-dealing with me that they called Hillis because he was the only person I told them that I would talk to, and I wouldn't talk to anyone else but him. 
And apparently he was at my brother's house that night, or my parents' house, with my brother. And so they called him and told him, like, you have to come over. We do not know what to do with this distraught girl. She's being outrageous. So the way it was described to me was you had indeed confiscated the booze. And uh, apparently this girl had a desk that was built into the wall. That is correct. On both sides of her bed. Yep. So the way it was described to me was you were under this desk attached to the wall that, you know, isn't going to go anywhere on your back, (laughs) kicking the underside of the desk, just like furious. I I don't know what your intent was, but just giving it a good old fashioned kick. And they just were out of ideas because there was nobody that could get you out. And you definitely were getting yourself out. So these are my, my proudest moments in life, guys, my proudest moments right here. But I will say the story does, if you'll bear with us, it does illustrate how awesome hell is. <laughs> so basically homeboy shows up way to go, so. what in like his 1990s Volvo. Is that what oh, it was? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Volvos are Volvos plural are a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, it was probably a 91 little blue four door with gold rims. It was a total tank. Oh, it was a piece. They're all pieces. But well, anyways, he shows up, and I guess I go outside to go sit in your car and like talk to you and 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 have a therapy session. Which you guys, what's so funny is like this. This was like the first therapy session of so many more to come in our life, and we just had no idea, like at all. So he he we sit in his car, and I'm bl- blabbering on and on and on about how I'm upset and this guy broke up with me and like, God, this is so awful. And I guess at that point, that's when, yeah, you, we should probably switch to you to finish this story. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's all right. So yes, that all that took place. And, and I, I don't remember what I said, but, uh, I just talked you through it, I guess. And said whatever I thought was the right thing to say and tried to make you feel better about it because they are high school relationships (laughs) and they do end uh, from time to time. But he got me to stop crying and I was happy. Yeah, I I did get you to stop crying. Um, And then this is kind of where the Volvo becomes important because um, I don't know if anyone has been in an early 90s or late 80s Volvo, but the uh, interior handles to open the door are really funky. They're kind of, that's, you know, neither here nor there, but they're kind of hard to open if you're not used to them. So Abby stops crying and gets that look on her face. uh, The one that says, I've been drinking straight vodka out of a bottle and I weigh a hundred pounds and I'm about to, about to throw up a bit. (laughs) So I see that look and then she goes for the door handle and I can't find it. Surprise. It's a, it's a tricky Volvo handle. And I'm fiddling and fiddling. And I, I go, oh no, she's not going to know how to do this. So I reach over her and get to the door handle and pull it and push the door open with seconds until lift off. And <laughs> she doesn't so much lean out of the passenger door as she does kind of just flop. And... <laughs> This is so embarrassing. I wish you guys could see him right now. Like, he's he's acting out. It was. This. I mean, I'm trying to do it. You know, like, <laughs> like basically, I, I, I unloaded. Enough, but it was, it was a more impressive vomit than I've seen any guy 
big or small produce. They do say I'm a little loud and ferocious, so oh apparently gosh. that and also pertains to... It was impressive. And then uh, she gets done with that, and I'm patting her back saying, you know, hey, can I do anything for you? And she just turns around, wipes her face off, says, nope, I'm good. Gets out of the car and goes back in the house. And just like that, peas and carrots, I'm done, I'm good. Thanks for the chat. See you later. My job was done for that day. But what's funny, I I think it's funny to tell that story because how many times does that happen in our life now? Like all the time? Oh, yeah. Like all the time, I'm like, he's talking me. Yeah, minus the vomit. But he's like talking me off this cliff that I'm just like ready to jump off of. Like, so many things are wrong. I'm crying. I'm like hysterical. I'm, you know, worried about the wrong things. And he'll just sit there and talk to me and talk to me. And then, like, within, you know, a long enough conversation, I'll just look at him and go, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Like, that's what I needed. He's like a therapist, but he just doesn't get paid enough. <laughs> He's like my own personal therapist. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I guess that's one story that like illustrates like a true start of our, like he's just one heck of a guy, you guys. Like he's so awesome. And so anyways, we went through college, stayed friends, and then we... I tricked you into it. He tricked me into a a trip to um, Vegas, which was an incredible trip that I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never been before. We were supposed to be going with a whole group of friends. Everyone bailed, of course. And he's like, you still want to go? And I'm like, heck yeah. You still want to go? He's like, heck yeah. Ends up, you know, whining and dining me at the Wynn and has a limo and a rose and champagne in the limo. If you're going to do it. I mean, he went all out. But see, me over here, the naive, you know, gymnast I was, I'm over here just like, oh yeah, like this is just how you do Vegas. Like people just pick you up from the airport in limos and then you have champagne and roses and you just have a 275 degree view of the strip and like this is just normal. No, not at all. I had no idea that he was like trying to swoon me at that point. Um, And we got home from the trip and it was super awesome. And I was like, hey, that was great. That was fun. But have fun at law school. I'm out. I don't do long distance. And how hard was it? Was that heartbreaking or no? We've never, I've never asked you that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Do you no? remember being bummed or no? Bummed, yeah, but... You were like, uh, not surprising, it's Abby. <laughs> you know, I don't think I gave it that much thought. Um, yeah, it, it bummed because, you know... I, Figured maybe he had plotted this plan that didn't work. See, I think you're giving me way too much credit. (laughs) Like, I really—you just wanted to have fun in Vegas. I really like Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to do it right. Yeah, got it. You know, and show a noob how to do it. Right. So that I cared about a whole lot. Oh, thanks, babe. I just was—I mean, I cared about you. I just didn't know I romantically cared about you so much. See, that's why I said I tricked her into it. So then we went, we went through, we, he came back the following summer, back to Austin from Kansas. He was in law school at the university of Kansas. They saw a bunch of snow. We texted all winter about how much snow that there was. And then once he got back, we went on a few dates. We watched, I was sick. I had like not pneumonia, but I had bronchitis, I think, or something and a fever and he like reached out to me and was like, pick me up from Top Golf. Let's hang out. And I was like, bro, I'm going home to watch TV. Like not in the mood. 
And he's like, well, I'll watch TV with you three Madagascar movies later and a slumber party. Oh, we yeah. started dating pretty much at that point. I mean, I remember texting my mom and being like, um, I'm pretty sure if we keep hanging out, I might fall in love with him. And it was like just super crazy and weird. And like none of us, neither one of us knew how to handle it because we were like, our families knew each other and we knew each other's families and we were just buds and you were Parker's friend. And it was like, all of a sudden we were going to be more than that. And it was like seamlessly easy and it just kind of happened. So then we did two years of long distance traveling to and fro the middle of nowhere, hanging out with Dorothy and Toto Mm -hmm. legitimately in the middle of nowhere, Lawrence, Kansas Hey, as far as places in Kansas go, that's closer to somewhere than... Well, Kansas City. We would spend time in Kansas City, and it was awesome. That's where I flew in and out of, and Kansas City was was fun. Overland Park was fun. Downtown was fun. Saw some good comedy downtown. Yeah, yeah. Ate some good food. Yeah, so we did that, and then um, dated a little bit longer following... um, Wait... Did we date longer following law school? No, no, no. No, we got engaged while you were at law school. Right before your last semester. Yeah. Last semester, January 5th, 2015. 1515. Yeah, that's right. 1515. In the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, on a family cruise that we were all on, he proposed. And then we decided on that cruise, we were doing a New Year's wedding. So December 31st, 2015. We threw a whole shebang of a party out in Lakeway and had 200 of our closest family and friends party with us and ring in the new year. And it was an absolute blast. Um, There was one person that was not there, and it was a really sad moment to not have her there. Our lovely Courtney Nicole Weishart, um, for those of you who don't know, she's my BFF who passed away like three months before the wedding. And she actually, in a drunk slumber one night, called our wedding. And she's, you know, that infamous happened. for that. She she actually said one night, when you guys get married, I want to be your flower girl. And, like, we even had a plan that at the rehearsal we were going to make her, like, carry a laundry basket full of flowers down the aisle. Because, well, laundry basket's a whole other story. But, Anyways, she like had called that like this was far before we were ever even actually dating that she said this to us. Pretty crazy too. She was yeah, just it was looking like out of the blue and like she would, I don't know if she was deep in thought because I could never tell Courtney because she just <laughs> you never really know. <laughs> she was Courtney <laughs> yeah, and I noticed that she hadn't spoken in a while and so I just kind of looked at her and then you know what <laughs> yeah you do Courtney thought get married. We should make that a part of this podcast. Hashtag Courtney thoughts. Things that we like think of that would totally be a Courtney thought. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's that's our love story. We now um, live outside of Austin and Round Rock. And we have our little baby boy. Baby dogs. Kieran James. And house. oh, two dogs. A house. Whole shebang. The whole suburbia <laughs> shebang. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hillis now works for the... Okay, I'm not even going to try. Go for it. The Attorney General's Office for the State of Texas. There you go. I got it. Beautiful. So basically, he reads a whole bunch and writes a whole bunch and tells a bunch of people what they can and can't release on information. In a very short nutshell. Indeed. Um, I could never do his job. But reality, he could probably never do mine. I don't know. He might be able to do mine. I could Uh, never do yours. No, yeah. I'll, I'll stick to the lawyering. Yeah, you're good at that. 
Uh, I'm not good at that. And uh, my, my planning is <laughs> subpar at best. <laughs> yeah, that's my forte. Yeah, the no, planner. The no planner mind. for sure. Um, so something else that I wanted to kind of just uh, have Hillis talk about while he's on here is something that he's been working with me on. Um, obviously, you guys, you if you listen to episode zero, you will know that, you know, where I've kind of this journey I've been going on in my life and, and where I'm at right now. And something super awesome about Hillis is that he's been on this journey with me and been willing to help me through this. And I've something I've always admired about him is that he he's just always been content. Like he's such a content person in everything he does. Like anything big to little to like everyday tasks to the biggest moments. Like this dude lives in the moment and he is always content. And it's something I think, I mean, if I was being completely honest with myself, it's probably something that I haven't ever been good at and probably never did really well until now. And obviously I still have like a ways to go, but it's, it's definitely something he's helping me work on. So, I mean, it was there a point in your time and point in time in your life where you like decided that's how you were going to live? Or do you feel like you were just a child? You were that way. Do you think it has to do with your parents? Like, uh, actually, yes. Um, there's a a point and I remember it well I was in Lubbock actually and huh. um I just remember feeling kind of uh I don't know I don't know if lost is the right word but sure. just kind of just meh about life like I think lost is a fair word yeah yeah I just I, I was getting this business degree and I didn't know what to do with it and you know I didn't have a my my daddy's company to go work for, which a lot of people out there did. Side note, for those of you who don't know, Hillis went to a private Catholic school in Austin called St. Michael's. So he grew up with rather... Um, affluent. Affluent. I was, try, I was That's what I wanted to say, but I, I didn't want to say it wrong, so thank you. A group of people, and, and so a lot of them did have the option to either work for their dad's business or some connection that their parents had for them was going to give them some sort of career. And that was not the case for Hillis. He was paving his own path for sure. Yeah. And I mean, don't get the, you know, wrong idea about it. It wasn't everyone, but I mean, a lot of people. Sure. New folks. And, you know, they had the rich people connections. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's I'll, nothing wrong with that. By the way, if you have that, there's nothing wrong with that. But and if you do have that, yeah, hit us let up. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I can only assist an attorney general for so long, you know. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I just remember thinking, uh, you know, not happy. You're not happy. What's going on? And uh, the conclusion I came to was, hey, you have nothing going on that you shouldn't be happy about. Healthy, getting an education, have a house, an apartment, kind of. It was the most, (laughs) it was terrible, it was a terrible place I lived, but it was right across the street from campus. Convenient. You know, I had family that I could drive and go see, it, like, when you look back at it, everything was fine, but it took me kind of 
feeling desperate to realize, hey, you're good. Everything's good. And then once you kind of can get over that hump, or I don't want to say, I don't want to generalize, but once I could get over that hump of realizing that things are good, then you can really start to focus on, well, now that I know that everything's okay, how can I just kind of make everything happier? Like perspective? Yeah. And then you can really focus on yourself if you're convinced that everything's not going to fall apart if you try to do something that makes you happy, right? Mm. So. Yeah, that totally makes sense. For me, it was convincing myself that if I decided to go pursue something that I wanted to pursue and couldn't afford law school, (laughs) everything was going to be okay. You'd figure it out. Yeah, you figure it out. And you did. And I did. And it wasn't a big deal. So, yeah, that was kind of the genesis of me deciding, okay, well, now you can just go conquer things. Yeah. Because you do your best, it works out or it doesn't. It works out, fantastic, go do something better. If it doesn't, go back to square one. And figure it out. Figure out the next thing. So he makes this sound so easy, by the way. Like, he's brilliant at at handling life this way. And I'm here to tell you and whoever's listening, everyone, that for people like me, type A, OCD, blah, 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 intense personalities, like, that's a really hard concept because... I'm a perfectionist. I'm always looking for more. I'm always looking how to improve things. I'm always looking to be better, to be stronger, to be wiser, to be have more money, to be more successful. And I'm learning. Side note, going to a therapist has been life-changing for me. And she has... Shout out to Angie Jones, you guys. If you're in Austin and you... Whether your life is great or you feel like you need help picking it up pieces and putting them back together... Or for me, like she said, I have so many Venn diagrams that I need to consolidate. That's that's what we're working on. Uh, you guys should go see her. She call her. She's amazing, life changing. Okay, sorry for the plug, but she like you guys. She's been so amazing to me. Anyways, um, what I've learned is that I am a perfectionist, which being a perfectionist causes you to always want to strive for more. And what I always saw that as is like especially as I'm trying to find being content as like, that's me not being content, like me being that perfectionist. And that's not true. Like I can still be a perfectionist, but still be content with what I'm doing. And I think that that's like a really weird, awkward line to try to walk, especially with like type A people. And one thing that Hillis has just helped me do is like, I used to get so wound up about the silliest of stupidest things. Like, oh, the sticks. We should tell that story. I had sticks. What were the sticks for? Were they for Christmas decorations? Great, great point. Oh, we don't even know. We don't even know what they were for. No, they were from the wedding. They were sticks from our wedding that my mom had saved for us because she just knew that I was going to use them to decorate our house. Okay, sticks as in like decorative sticks, not just like sticks from the backyard. But my mom had saved these sticks from our wedding. We used them as some of our centerpieces, you know, winter wedding, sticks in the middle, whatever. And I put them in a trash bag like any woman would do that wants to preserve these sticks but doesn't have a place for them because most sticks don't fit in, you know, like Tupperware bins or whatever. 
And I just so happened to put the trash bag next to the big, huge trash can in our garage. And where do the sticks end up one day when trash day comes around? The garbage. And I freaking... You would have thought that, like... I don't even know what would have happened that day of, of, for my reaction. I've, my reaction I've blocked that 24 hours. I'm pretty sure it was memory. Morgan was living with us at the time. Oh, yeah. So my best friend Morgan moved in to our house with us when we first bought it and lived with us for like a year. And she had to witness my explosions, like massive explosions. And um I I went off the fact that he thought it was a great idea to just throw a trash bag away and not look inside of it for sticks. Like, and even if he did, he probably would have thought it was trash because it was sticks. Because it was sticks, yeah. So anyways, um, you know, like, those are things I used to, like, really go off on and, like, really just not see past. And, like, I can can now look back and, like, freaking clearly laugh my ass off about it. Boy, but at the time, it was, not funny, it was not funny at the time, man. You you were a, a dog with your tail tucked between your legs, I running was, as far away as you could. I have stick PTSD. I was dreaming about sticks, nightmares. <laughs> dreaming, yeah, definitely not dreaming. Nightmares, Oof, awful. But I so I tell that like little anecdote to just like illustrate. I mean, I wouldn't say I have my explosions anymore. I have my emotional breakdown still that I'm working through, but I'm really trying to learn that like. It's okay that he threw away sticks. We can buy more. If I really wanted sticks, and guess what? I don't know where I would put those sticks in our house today. Yeah, like, well, I have no idea where I would put them. I don't think I'd want them. I mean, the reality is I could go just find more sticks. <laughs> like, well, they're not. They weren't pretty back. I mean, they weren't. They were prettier than backyard ones. But the point being is, like, in the moment, I would just get so worked up. But, like, perspective is everything. And, you know, the idea was that I was keeping them so I could use them in the house. And I had implanted that idea in my head. And I didn't stop and think, well, like, maybe I don't need those. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it was all meant to be that he threw these sticks away because it was just taking up space in the garage. Like, those are all perspectives that I think it's really hard. Like, perspective is what helps keep you content. Would you say that? No, yeah. I mean, I think... Perspective is a very important part of life in general if you're going to continue being alive. Sure. Uh, especially with all the information you're presented. Today. Yeah, we, like we just you, get so much information. It's, yeah, it's an overload. You it know, is overload. And everything, like, you, you're everywhere you look, you're getting some kind of something as a Facebook and your social media, TV, you know everything like that. If you can't look at, you know, different sides of stuff, then I I don't, you you know, you're not going to get a lot out of what you're seeing. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, perspective is definitely important to have, but especially when you're thinking about yourself though, like one thing I had thought of while you were talking was, uh, the, the the type A personality and the go get and the perfectionist more 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 mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah perfectionist attitude and and uh, more money better job this that and the other you you can be all of those things without having you know as much intensity as you do true and you can also you know, be as intense as you are without, you know, having all those ambitions. 
Yeah, you know what I'm trying Some to what I'm moderation. Trying to say? Yeah, it's it's like by using perspective, you can look at, you know, and know when to be intense right. and know when to come back like, and know when to when to let things go and to and when to stand your ground because you know you strongly believe on something in yeah. something. And I guess what I'm like trying to boil it down to is don't you know, let your character traits put you in a box. Mm-hmm. Don't don't, you know, convince yourself I'm type A, I'm intense. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't ever relax. I can't ever be happy. Okay, well, maybe not if you only look at it that way. Oh, for sure, because you are what you say you are. Yeah. So, you know, go ahead and be intense, but also look at it and say, okay, well, maybe I can... Let that one go a little bit. Yeah, Angie talks about that, that we only create the boxes that we have by creating them ourselves. Like... We like when we say, oh, I can only do this or I only have this option. Like I'll think of one right now. Like I feel like I'm in this box where like I can't move forward with my business because I don't have full time childcare. I'm creating that box. I can continue to do what I'm doing and figure out how to make it work and start with part time childcare and asking friends, you know, and paying friends to watch him whenever I need him. Because really, truly, not every day I need someone watching KJ, but there are days where I need need someone watching him more days than others. And so like we create our own boxes, right? Like we, we tell ourselves that we're, we're stuck in this place or we can't change this or we can't do that. And like, that's something else I think that goes along with being content that I'm working on is like, there are no boxes. Like we, there shouldn't be boxes, and but we create them. So how can we be better about like keeping our bubble in our space, but yet not creating boundaries and boxes around us that make us stuck. And I don't know, I think that, that all of that perspective, moderation, um, not creating boxes around <laughs> us, all like kind of go into being content and, and staying content. And I don't know, maybe having like an accountability partner. I don't know. I feel like you've helped me a ton. Like you're the reason why I've been so successful. I mean, Angie's great and all, but like, you help reiterate it every single day and like remind me every single day. Yeah. I mean, like the other thing is, uh, when you do that, when we keep saying create boxes, but when you kind of resign to this one view of, you know, being kind of trapped in whatever's going on, Mm -hmm. uh, that like when I was talking about being lost or feeling lost, you know, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, there's all these rich kids who can leave school and have this amazing job and so on and so forth. And they're set. Here I am. I don't have that. What do you do? You figure it out. And, and but you realize, like, your options aren't, your options aren't limited. No, they're like, not. You can always go try something, generally speaking. But, like. For the most time, most part. If, and if you need to educate, you educate before you yeah, have to try I mean, something or more, whatever you need to do. But more often than not, like you're not stuck in your exact situation, you know, without making some life changes. You can go try something out. For sure. No, that's really true. No. So to wrap things up, I guess the biggest thing that, you know, that I would take away from from this conversation is just work on being more content and just work on being happy with the way things are. And if you don't like them, you have 
you have the ability and the power to turn them around and spin them in a way that, that you can be happy and you can be content and, or, or change them. Like that's something, I guess that's like a whole nother thing too, is, is if something's not making you happy and you feel like it's like the reason why you're not content, like something again that Angie's been working with me on. Yeah, seriously, like obviously she's amazing and you're probably, (laughs) you guys are probably going to hear references from her all the time on this podcast, but she is brilliant. Um, but like you, you don't have to do things because you feel like you have to do them. Like there's like the guilt, the guilt needs, you have to shed the guilt. You have to shed it. Like, and I feel like I've lived my life with so much guilt that shedding all of this guilt, like I'm still not done. I got a ways to go, but shedding, shedding the guilt and shedding the, like the frustration and letting the things go that don't allow you to be content is a huge part of being content. If someone doesn't make you happy, if someone causes so much stress in your life that they're preventing you from being happy, remove them, step back, take a break. Um, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your relationship, maybe it's both, maybe it's your living environment. Cause I know how important the environment that you live in, like, and how important it is, um, for success to go home to a place where you feel at home and at peace and comfortable. And if you don't have that, you should change that. Cause like, that's a huge thing I would say. That is, I mean, that is such a fantastic point. And, and I, I don't think I could stress that enough to anyone who is just looking for something a little different is like Hillis and I evaluate like evaluate like yeah uh, what what is it you know we like a clean house like we like our house to be picked up because we feel like if our house is picked up we feel like we have more space in our mind to conquer other things and so like on Sunday nights, we always make it a point to like pick up the house because we want to start the week fresh. We always try to make sure that we have food in the fridge on Sundays and that we, now this does not always happen, but we try that like laundry's done and that we're starting like the week fresh because then we're spending time doing things that we want to do and not spending time, you know, vacuuming or cleaning or whatever. And like, we know that if we do that, we are more content. And so it's like finding those things that you can do. Like if there's a stressor in your life, like how can you tame that stressor or change that stressor? So that way you don't have to, it's not a stressor anymore. Like you can change that. It doesn't always have to be a stressor, right? Like that's that's what I'm learning is like, you have so much power and control over your life, but like with social media and the regular media and just constantly being able to be on your phone, talking to friends and family and just like the million apps that you can communicate with people on. Like you're just constantly like distracted and your mind is like overwhelmed with information that just like taking a step back and, and like figuring out what works for you specifically without anyone's opinions or ideas influencing it are just like, I don't know. I feel like that's. Yeah. And and I, I think you can and should apply that line of reasoning, you know, past the information you receive to your relationships. Yeah. You know, uh, are you afraid to voice your opinion on one thing or another because this group of friends won't agree with the way you see it? Yeah, absolutely. Or whatever. You know, uh, with moms, it happens a lot. Oh, oh I, I don't want to tell them about the fact that I, you know, X, Y, and Z because they're going to think I'm a bad mom. Well, if I mean, 
you made a decision, you thought it was the right thing to do, or at least, you know, an acceptable thing to do. Are these people, you know, whether, you know... Side note, I have no room for mom shaming. Every mom is trying their hardest. And if you feel like they're doing it wrong, you are so wrong yourself. So if you're listening to this, just know you're joining in on the group that, like, does not believe in mom shaming because that is one of the most awful things. And now that I have a child, I can say this. That is one of the most awful things that you one woman can do to another is mom shame. That is so unnecessary. Sorry not to interject, no, but that, uh, yeah. like, I really want to make that point. No, it's a fantastic point. It's, I mean, but... But they do it all the time. And it's terrible because this is this thing that... But life in general, we're all trying our best. Absolutely. You know, so... It, most of the time. Yeah, well, most of the time. But, I mean, if there's Some somebody... Some people don't care. If there's somebody that's making you feel bad about you trying your best, I mean, do you really need that person in your life, right? No, because if they really were meant... If they really were meant to be in your life, then they would be either, one, helping you if they feel like you're failing, or, two, not judging you for something that you're doing. Yeah. So... But, yeah, and then I, I just... I, I think the people you surround yourself with is... A very important consideration when you're talking about contentment. Gosh, maybe we should do just like five, like an ep- five episode series on like <laughs> different aspects of content. That's why I feel like we could just go on and on yeah, and yeah. on. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the first episode. High five, babe. Thanks for joining me. There wasn't, when I started this, there was just like, Absolutely no one else that I would ever have thought that would do episode one with me. Um, he will be on many more to come, as, hopefully. As if he'll, often if he'll, as she'll let me. I mean, he was like super nervous about this, and I'm super thankful. You guys, he has some great information in his head, and he like obviously is like my home therapist, and I just like feel like you guys should hear the things that he has to say because I think they're pretty great. Maybe I'm biased. I don't really know. Um but yeah, he'll be on more and not every episode. I'm trying to bring on some different people to provide different perspectives. Dun, da, da. Dun, da, da. I see that there. But we're also just, you know, excited to, you know, give a little glimpse of our life and how we're living it and what we're learning and be really real through this process. Um, I am literally like, I feel like doing a 180 in my life and I kind of want to document it and show other people that it's, it's possible and I've gone from a really dark, not good place to, I'm not, I'm still in the gray. I'm not in the, like the sunshiny white yet, I would say. And I probably, I don't know if I'll ever be, if anyone ever is. Maybe, oh, you are. I don't know. I'm rambling. <laughs> so anyways, thank you guys so much for listening and um, sticking this out with us. There will be many more episodes to come. This is just the beginning Obviously, if you like what you hear or you um, feel like there's a friend that should hear what we talked about today, uh, please send them a link to this episode or uh, subscribe. That's how more people find us and that's how we can um, really get our message and what we're doing out there. You can also drop us a review and tell us how great or not great we are, I guess. Uh, we're all about constructive criticism here, so... Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, but, and I mean, but the reason I'm so excited that you're doing this is that the message is fantastic. It, it's, it's great. Thanks, babe. I just, I really believe that if you actually like what you're doing on a daily basis, it's so much easier to go, go do 
bigger and better things. It's true. It's a huge first step. Yeah. And it is actually the, the first, first step. step. Yeah. I, like that's definitely a testament to my own personal like business and life too. Yeah, it's very important. So I'm, uh, I'm on board and, and I hope everyone else is. Yeah. That's great. Cheers. Let's cheers. Uh, you know, we, tonight we're drinking wine. We're recording this tonight. So cheers. cheers. We've made it through our glass of wine. Um, whatever you guys, coffee, wine, or your water in the car while you're driving this and listening to this. Either way, um, thank you so much again. And stay tuned. There's more to come. And remember to just love your life. Peace, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. I really appreciate it, Ella. And lastly... Remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.